Good morning, New Beginnings family. Come on, let's rise. As we begin worship today, let's open up our hearts. Come on, let's celebrate all the great things that he's done for us. Come let us bow at his feet He has done great things See what a Savior has done See how his love overcomes He has done great things He has done great things You freed every captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life, oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. Come on, let's sing about his faithfulness. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, Come on, let's sing a hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. So come on, as one voice we sing. Hallelujah. 
game You freed every captive And break every chain Oh God You have done great things We dance your freedom Awaken to life Oh Jesus our Savior Your name lifted high Oh God You have done great things You have done great things Give him a shout of praise for all the great things he's done. Amen. Well, welcome, New Beginnings family. We're so glad that we're here, that you guys are here today to worship us, worship the Lord. Come on, let us continue to worship, and let's, let's think about that foundation that Jesus has laid before us, that great foundation, because that foundation, he does do great things in our life. Amen. Come on, let's continue to worship. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's
in this place we give you our worship because apart from you nothing else will do when we're wrapped by the storms of life nothing else will do when we need a firm foundation nothing else will do and in this place we give you all praise and all honor and in all glory because only you are worthy you won't fail us. You're with us in the storms. You're with us in the good times and the bad times. And in this place right now, we have the honor of being in your presence, Heavenly Father. And we give you all praise and all honor and all glory because you are worthy. Lord, I pray right now for the people sitting in this church and the families that they represent, the families that need healing for some physical ailment. Heavenly Father, would you be with them? Would you be with the doctors and the health care providers that are, that are reaching into those families? Lord, fill them with wisdom and grace. Lord, I pray for those families that are dealing with other kinds of things like financial issues or marital issues or addiction issues of any kind. Heavenly Father, would you be with them? Would you fill them with your presence and your love? Would you fill them with wisdom, Heavenly Father, so that they know when to respond and when not to respond, what to say and what not to say, so that they can build up the lives of the loved ones that need to hear from you, Heavenly Father. There are all kinds of needs represented in this place, needs that are, that are replicated across the city and across the state and across this nation. Heavenly Father, we are all just so blessed to be born in this nation, to be here in this place where we can worship you freely. But Heavenly Father, our state, our nation, our city, they have some issues. And we pray that your grace just expand across this place. That you help us have the right words to say and the right things to do so that we can rebuild for your honor and for your grace and for your love. Lord, we pray for Pastor Richard as he's recovering. Heavenly Father, would you be with him? Would you be with Sister Cindy as I know that her heart is troubled and she's worried? Would you give her grace and peace, Heavenly Father, in this moment of hardship for that family? And we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for all of the things that you have done. In this place right now, we can say that you won't fail because you have not failed for us. In this place right now, we can say that nothing else matters because we know that you are the rock on which we stand. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace, love, and your unconditional forgiveness on a daily basis. In your name we pray, amen and amen. It is so good to see you, church. Well, I can't see you because the lights are in my face, but it's so good to know that you're there because I hear you clapping. Could you just turn to one another and say hello? I am so glad to see you in the church of God this morning. Well, hello, hello. I said to say hello to each other, not talk about what you had for dinner last night or where you're going to go eat after church, but I'm glad that y'all are friends. So, and I'm so glad to see you in the house of God today. Welcome church. My name is Roxy. It is my honor and privilege to be part of your worship team. 
And I'm AJ Cully, and it's also an honor to be a part of your worship team. Amen. Thank you, guys. It's, it's an honor to worship with you guys. Um, we, uh, we have just a few messages for you. First of all, I want to remind you that all of the announcements that we bring to you, they're on your app, they're on the website, they're on Facebook. So we may not remember the times or the exact dates, but that's okay because I'm sure that every single one of you have got a phone. And our fancy phones nowadays have all kinds of things on them, and they have that app that you can download and get that information. If not, you have a daughter or a son, or better yet, you have a grandchild that has a phone that knows how to find all of this information on your phone. So ask them to help you out. It'll help you build a bond with your grandchild all at the same time, right? Right? That's right. Those kids, they know how to do this stuff. Anyway, um, first of all, we want to welcome our church family who's joining us online. I know as you look around, um, you may say, hey, where's, you know, where's our church? There are, there are many, many church members who join us online. They started doing that during COVID. There were some good things that came out from COVID. The first is that we figured out how to do church service online. We got comfortable with it, right? But, but legitimately, there are some people who cannot attend church physically. So would you all just give them a big welcome to those who are attending church? Absolutely. Amen. And we want to welcome you, too, if you're here for the first time. Uh, we don't want to embarrass you, but is there anyone that is visiting us for the very first time today? Amen. Welcome. Welcome, sister. Welcome, guys. It's so good to see you outside. Um, there's this little table where Tressa usually stands. I don't see Tressa here, but she stands out there. There she is. She's, she is the friendliest person. She will make you feel right at home. There's a little card you can fill out, and we can send you some information. We're so glad that you're joining us here today. And there is also a QR code if you are visiting us for the first time. Or if you've been here, uh, we would still love to connect with you. We want to get to know you. Um, We want you to ask questions. Um, So there's uh, information out there, and there's also this QR code behind us. You can also pull out your phone and scan that as well. And talking about connecting and getting to know you, AJ, tell us about meeting the pastors. Definitely. There's so much going on. One of the things that's going on is meeting the pastors. Uh, That's going to happen next Sunday following uh, second service, right after second service. This is an awesome time for you to get to know who uh, your pastors are, uh, who your leaders are, um, where they're coming from, uh, where they started, where New Beginnings started as a church, um, what we're doing right now, and our vision, what, where we see New Beginnings and what we see us doing um, in years' time. Um, again, it's also a good time to get to know your pastors and your pastors to get to know you as well. That's what I was just going to say. You know, it, it's easy. When, when you're standing up here, you all, every single one of you, know who the pastors are because there's one person, but there's like a whole lot of you out there. And so sometimes it's important for the pastor to know who you are as well. Um, As the church grows, as it gets bigger, as there are more people joining us online, you know, this is second service, but there's a whole another service before you that has just as many people. And it's also important for the pastors to get to know you. So if you haven't ever attended one of those Meet the Pastors and you've never had a conversation with Pastor Richard or Pastor Michael or, or Pastor Eddie or our youth pastor, Pastor David, this is an awesome time for you guys to come in and meet these individuals who have dedicated their life to serve you. And because they dedicate their life to serve each of you, serving God first, but through um, through you, they want to meet you as well. So you should come in and say hello. Definitely. Right? Absolutely. Um, one of our amazing leaders here at the church is Sister Jessica. And I think she's amazing because she takes care of all of our kids every Sunday. <laughs> I mean, sometimes y'all just need a break, right? Yeah. 
she realizes y'all just need a break. And so what she does is on a regular basis, she does a parent's night out so that you as the parents of the little ones can go out and have, you know, a great time, go out to dinner or, you know, in my opinion, better yet, go home and take a nap because you can't take a nap when the little ones are around. Whatever it is that you choose on, to do on your parents' night out, Sister Jessica and her team are going to have a parents' night out here coming up soon. I'm letting you know so you can make plans. It's usually, you know, around this, this time of year, closer to Valentine's, you can go out and have your dinner and all of that stuff. But it's a great time for you to, you know, reconnect as a couple. Here's the other thing um, that you need to do, though, um, is to let Sister Jessica know if you're going to drop off your kids so we can make sure we have enough enough snacks 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 these kids need snacks you know you know they do they they go through your refrigerator like seven times a day just to find a snack so if you let us know how many kids you have you're gonna drop off that would be great that way we can make sure we have snacks definitely what else and uh in inclusion to that uh parents today uh our youth department the youth group um they are hosting a open house right following right after second service um, it's from 12:30 to 1:30, so you got an hour, and this is a great opportunity to one meet our uh, youth minister David uh, David Sanchez, and the other youth leaders that are serving uh, all your children who are in middle school to high school, um, to see you know to meet them to see what's going on in the youth, what do they do, uh, the games that they have and how they play them, uh, but also what they're learning. What are the, what is it that uh, the youth leaders are? are teaching your children in there. So that's going to be an awesome opportunity, and your kids can show you around too. You can meet their friends. Um, so, again, that's going to happen right after this service today from 10 or 12.30 to 1.30. All right. So we've been told that we need to keep, uh, you know, we're, we're apparently we're chatty, and we take a lot of time talking out here. So we're going to cut it short. Just a couple of other reminders. There's classes for you to sign up. Um, both AJ and I continue to learn and take different classes. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. There's always something more that you can learn. We encourage you to take those classes. Sign-ups will be coming up soon. Would you pray about it so you can figure out what kind of class you want to take? And all of these things that we've talked about today, none of this would be possible without all of your faithful giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness and, and your giving. If you need to give today, there are boxes at each of the doors. You can also pull out that fancy app. Um, and, and give through your app or through the um, through the website. And I don't think you can give through Facebook, though. No. 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 But there is a link to the website from Facebook that you there can you click go. on, and you can do it. From there. Um, but thank you so much, Church, for all that you um, do and all that you give. Remember that um, we also would like for you guys to become involved and give of your time as well as of your wealth. Um, I think that's it. We're that's out of it. time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to see you guys. Good to worship with you. I'm so glad you're here. And without any further ado, would you all just please welcome our pastor for the day, Pastor Michael Romero. What's up, family? Rocks, rocks. Man, I can't believe she took off already, man. I... I love to do announcements with the Rocks Rocks because I get to give her a hard time, so hopefully she's listening, but I love how my girl still represents the South Valley. She said, this is second service. <laughs> love you, Rocks. I know back there she's going, oh, Michael Romero, God bless you. 
She was saying, God bless you, Michael Romero. She said, this is second service. I love her. Love you, Rox, Rox. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that. I know I am. What's happening, church? Are y'all excited to be here? Yeah. Amen. God is good. God is good all the time. And all the time. Amen. Hey, church, I uh, want to, first and foremost, I want to thank you for your diligent, diligent prayers for our pastor. He sends his prayer, his thank you, rather, our prayers for us all the time. But uh, to give you an update on what's going on with pastor, uh, he did have his surgery on Friday, if you have not yet heard he did have his surgery, a full hip replacement on his right hip, and it was successful. No complications whatsoever. None whatsoever. And as you can imagine, uh, if, if you know Richard Mansfield for 10 seconds, you know he's your classic overachiever. He's already up and walking, and yesterday he was able to walk 75 yards, and uh, they told him, are you sure you want to do that? And he said, you don't understand how bad I want to do this. I got to get back to my family. Like, I have to prove to you guys I'm good. Like, I, I have a family to get back to, and that's you guys and us. Amen. So he says, so will you send him your love? He's watching right now. Pastor, we love you. We miss you. Amen. And uh, I thank him for allowing us to uh, take, uh, take his pulpit, take his place. It's not uh, an easy thing when uh, the man tells you, uh, will you, will you cover for me? And you're like, but, but you're Richard Mansfield. How am I supposed to do that? And he goes, well, it's not about Richard Mansfield. And so um, we do it, but we're going, oh, okay, here we go. So I thank him for trusting us enough to do this. And I thank you guys as well for allowing us to do this. Um, I'm going to dive in. I usually am up here for a little bit longer, kind of catching you up on what's going on in my life because I'm hardly ever, I ever, I hardly ever, uh, I hardly ever get to come up here and catch you guys up on what's going on in my life. And so I kind of give you guys an update, but I can't today. We have so much to dive into. It's just, it's just the, the word is just too good today. And it's not about me. But we're in this sermon series um, titled Rebuilding Your Future. And to catch you guys up, I want to give you some history. Did we dismiss the youth already? Can we dismiss the youth? The youths. The two Utes, the what? Amen. Let's dismiss the young people. And the young people said amen. <laughs> that was a resounding amen. I'm a little hurt. I gotta be honest. I want to hear those in the middle of my sermon. Um, but we're in the middle of this sermon series called Rebuild. And I want to give you a little bit of history on how we were able to, um, why we're in the middle of this 
Pastor Richard uh, and our staff, our pastoral staff, every year at the end of, uh, in the, at the beginning of the first, fourth quarter of every year, we get together and we have a yearly planning meeting and we talk about the following year, the next year, what's going to happen, what does it look like, picture, kind of a vision, casting, it's, uh, and it, it grows, right, obviously as faculty comes on board, this year, uh, we had Brother David, Sister Jessica there, right? They were obviously uh, new to our team in that point. Um, and so we plan out and we say, what is children's going to do? How are we going to, what is the main focus? What are we doing in 2023? And we came together and, right, we're looking at Pastor Richard and he's obviously, uh, and he says, rebuild he said, we're going to rebuild. 2023, we're going to rebuild. And I bring that up because I want to let you know kind of how we're able to take this sermon series and go with it. Um, because as Pastor Richard's battle with his hip came to a head and it came really fast, it progressed really, really quickly because it's not like he babied it, right? It, nothing slows that man down. He just learned how to live with it, and then he learned how to live with it with a cane, and then he learned how to live with it with a walker, and then he would have learned to live with it with whatever else ambulatory aid he would have found. But we said, okay, pastor, this is going to happen. You're, you're obviously, we see the writing on the wall. You're obviously going to have to have surgeries and those kind of things. You're not going to live with this forever, right? We said, how are we going to handle this? We're, obviously, we want to continue the vision. He said, well, the vision never stops. I said, of course, uh, but, you know, people are going to cover your pulpit. We're going to cover your pulpit. And he said, well, we need to continue the series. We need to continue that. And I bring that up because we said, well, Pastor can, he said, we, we asked for his permission. And we said, Pastor, can we? Can we, can we steal your material? <laughs> and we did that only with one thing in mind, not because we're lazy, okay? And we can't sermon prep and we can't do this, right? But we said, no, pastor, you're going to be back here. You're not leaving us. You're going to be back here. And therefore... We want to continue the sermon series, and we and maybe the delivery might be a little bit different, maybe the style, right? But we want to continue the sermon series called Rebuild, because we all have the same heart. We're all on the same faculty. We're all on the same team. We all want to rebuild this ministry, and we said we got to rebuild because when 2020 came, we all know what happened in 2020. We get it, Mike, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But when that came, right, it rocked the whole world. And we've been slowly and slowly rebuilding, and it has. And we're so grateful for what the Lord has done. He has, number one, we're so thankful for our new family members. We have gained so many new family members in the last couple of years. We're thankful. We welcome you. And then there, if you don't know, because I, I'm the guy that takes care of, like, the... The, the data and all those analytics in the background. If you don't know, on a weekly basis, family, on average, we have 
about 776 people watching on our stream on a Sunday. That's a whole other campus. So when we say we welcome you online, that's a, a totally different campus. And so most of those watching from home are some that have not yet made their way back into the house since the closures of 2020 from the pandemic. And so when the word rebuild came in, that was the heart of it. It said, let's rebuild. Now, we believe that we must first rebuild ourselves, right? Here. Let's rebuild ourselves from the inside out. We first rebuild here. Because if I rebuild here, I have to make sure that they were, we're studying the book of Nehemiah, right? If we're, we're all in the same series together. We're studying the book of Nehemiah, and we're rebuilding those walls, and he's rebuilding here. Because if we don't rebuild here, we can't rebuild our household. And you're saying, well, it's just me and my household. Well, then praise the Lord. It's just you and your household. I live by myself. It's just me. Well, praise the Lord. It's just me and my kids. Well, praise the Lord. It's just you and your kids. I didn't say it had to be a household of 20. It's just you. Then praise the Lord. Because from there, you can rebuild. You can help and are able to rebuild now your community and outside of those walls. Because these walls are good. And then you build outside into the community and then from the community and beyond. And so rebuilding is such a pivotal part of our spiritual walk. Amen? So with that in mind, I say that because I want you to keep that at the forefront when we're talking about rebuilding and why we're talking about this very, very important and why it's such a big Big word, rebuild. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand before, uh, as we go before the Lord in prayer? We'll go before the Lord in prayer, and then uh, we'll get into his word. Heavenly Father, the word is rebuild. Will you start doing a work in us right now? Lord, right now. Every single one of us in this room, Heavenly Father, are thinking of areas in our life that we need to be uh, rebuilding. Rebuilding our relationships, uh, rebuilding maybe our careers, rebuilding our finances, or maybe it's rebuilding that dream that we gave up on. Who knows? Maybe it's rebuilding our faith and our walk with you. Some are in here, Lord, because they need that, to rebuild that walk in our faith with you. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that today, Lord, you uh, would touch the very depth, Lord, of our hearts with your word. Lord, may you be, uh, may you use me today, Lord, as a mere instrument, Lord, of your word today, Lord, to minister. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may take your seats, Heavenly uh, Church. Let's get into his word. We're, gonna, we're still in the book of Nehemiah. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be just overlapping a little bit of what Brother David spoke on last week. But we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's begin at chapter 1, or rather, verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. The Word of God says, 
Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins. And the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king, the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I'll need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these, requ these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But then Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard of my arrival. They were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Church, we're talking about rebuilding. And I want to give you a little bit of history of how we got to where we're at. We're in chapter 2 of the book of Nehemiah. It's been in the book of Nehemiah. Before we get there, you have to understand it's been 400 years. 400 years before Jesus was born. This is where we're at. It's 400 years. They've been promised the Messiah. Israel was in bad, bad shape. Right? The northern kingdom had fallen. Southern kingdom was gone. They had infiltrated into Jerusalem, its walls, and the city, right? And eventually they destroyed that glorious temple of Solomon's. That's what they had done. Now, at that point, most of the Jews had been deported and sent back to Babylon. Their city had been destroyed. It was gone. They said, get out of here. You now belong to us. Go to Babylon. 
So naturally, Jerusalem at this point is basically a ghost town. There's, there's basically nothing left of Jerusalem. There's nothing there. Okay. Now, about 70 years after all of this happens, they are now given the opportunity to go back into their home. You know, the promised land that they were taught. This is the promised land. Now, it's important to note that only about 2 or 3% of those that were given the opportunity to go back actually took them up on it. Now, they're being essentially held captive and in exile in Babylon. 2 or 3 million Jews are in Babylon and they go, no, I'll just stay here. I don't want to go back home. I'll just stay here. All right. So about 50,000 Jews end up going back to Jerusalem. Those small amount of people, eventually those are the ones who built or rebuilt the temple. Okay. That's where we find ourselves. This brings us to the book of Nehemiah. Now about 15 years after that, okay, the book of Nehemiah begins about 15 years after the book of Ezra ends, okay? So I, these timelines are important. So we're talking about 150 years Jerusalem has been destroyed and its walls have been in shambles and have been just destroyed. 150 years. That's a record. I don't want to hear my wife complain about my projects any longer. 150 years. Man. And the wall is still in rubble. And so that's where we find ourselves. Now it's, it's important that I'm talking about this because the king asks Nehemiah and he says, why are you so sad? He goes, you, you're not even, you don't, you don't look, you're not sick. Why are you sad? Nehemiah finds out in chapter one, as we learned already, that the city has been destroyed, right? It is still in shambles and is vulnerable. And he says, man, we're in disgrace. My city is in disgrace. And he's deeply burdened. That burden can only come from God. That's the burden that God puts on your heart. And so 150 years has passed, and he has this burden. He didn't have to have this burden. Nehemiah, the last, the last line of, of the first chapter, the last, last, very last bit of, of chapter 1 in Nehemiah, he says, In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. That was the last line of chapter 1. That lets us know that Nehemiah was a man of influence. He lived in the palace. He had access to the king like that. He was a man of great stature, man of great influence. He was living large, in charge. Man, this guy lacked nothing at all. 
He didn't have to worry about this one bit. No worries. But he had that burden. He had that burden. And I'm not sure what burden you have today. But I want you to take it up to the Lord, right? But see, that burden that he had, it wasn't like a burden that you and I get sometimes, like when you see the guy holding the sign saying, like, I'm hungry, and then you, like, keep driving by, and you're like, oh, I should have gotten that guy a sandwich. And then you live with it for, like, 10 seconds, and then you're like, vato, man, I should have given him, like, a dollar. It's happened to all of us. That's because then it just passes, like, you're like five minutes later, you don't even remember the guy. This is a burden that had lasted and lasted for months and months. That's why at the beginning of these chapters, it gives us these timelines. And it tells us during this time and this time, it tells us four months it had been to this point where he was burdened and burdened and burdened. True, godly burden is something that just won't let us go. It just won't let us go, right? And you're wondering, why is he so burdened? Why, why, why is he so burdened with something that's 150 years ago? And I'll tell you, verse uh, Psalm 137, 5 and 6 tells us, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you. If I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. That's the heart that Nehemiah had for God. That's who he was. It was in his veins. He knew who he was. He knew where he came from. It was in his DNA. And he says, no, it's who I am. My people are weak right now. We got to rebuild. We have to. We have to rebuild. We have to rebuild. So the king says, why are you so sad? You see, he cared for Nehemiah as a person. You could tell they had a close relationship. It wasn't just some subservient peasant. He probably came in every morning and goes, hey, Nehemiah, how's everything? How's How's Wendy? She's all right, you know, the kids, you know, the kids are kids. They're struggling through the grades. Cool, yeah. What'd you do this weekend? You know, same old talk on a Monday morning, water cooler talk with the king. But no, this time was different. He noticed something different in Nehemiah, and he goes, no, something's wrong with you, man, but you must be sick. Or rather, you must be sad because you don't, you're not sick. You don't look sick to me, so there's something troubling you. And Nehemiah kind of freaks out a little bit, right? And then he tells him why. Why he's so burdened. And then he sees this passion in Nehemiah. He sees this passion in Nehemiah and his response and the burden that he has for his people. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this king that we're talking about, is a pagan king. Just because these kings are in the Bible doesn't mean they're all King Davids here. 
this is a pagan king. And he goes, dude, well, tell me. How can I help you? And oh my gosh. Get ready. Because here we go. Now this is the moment where everything opens up for Nehemiah because it has been four months of prayer and fasting. The timeline tells us it has been four months of prayer and fasting that Nehemiah has been just burdened and burdened. says, Lord, I have this burden for your people, for your city. Lord, we have to do something. How are we going to do this? Lord, I'm not a lumberjack. I have nothing to do, Lord. I have no resources. I've got nothing, Lord. How am I going to get this done? And that's you and me. Sometimes we go, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do about my marriage. I don't know. What I'm gonna... There's a lot of no's and you guys would be taking about this because he goes, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. But Lord, all I know is that I need to pray and I need to fast. That's why we've been fasting on Wednesdays. You guys remember about that? Or is it just me that's forgetting from time to time? But he opens it up and he goes, how can I help? And he goes, Lord, the Lord gives him a blank check right there. And the Lord delivers like only God can. Like only God can. And he goes, well, what can I do to help? Now, this is a pagan king. What can I do to help? And Nehemiah, at the end of verse 4, he says that he went to the Lord in prayer. Now, it's important here because sometimes we over-spiritualize things and we go, let me pray about it, brother. I'll get back to you. Could you imagine if Nehemiah said that to the king in that moment? He had been burdened. He had been praying for over four months and the Lord gives him a blank check and he goes, how can I help you? This is the king. Well, let me pray about it and I'll get back to you in a couple weeks. Could you imagine? But he says, I'm going to pray. And he says, and with prayer, I went before my God in prayer. You see, when you're in tune with the father, he'd been praying for four months. And when you're in tune with the father... At that moment, he goes, all right, use me, Lord. Speak through me. I'm just a vessel now because I don't know what I'm doing. So, Lord, I've been talking to you for four months. Talk about prayer without ceasing. He'd been praying for four months. So he's so in tune with the Father that he, in that moment he prays to the Lord and the Lord says, say this, that, and the other and say word for word and this is what you're going to say to this king and watch what happens. And what's the first thing that Nehemiah asked for? A vacation. My dude asked for PTO. My guy goes, I need a vacation request form. Stat. And he says, if it please the king, and if you're happy with me, send me 
to Judah to rebuild. I want you to keep this in mind because this is heavy. This is a pagan king. They just 70, 150 years ago, rather, took these people out of there. These are the same people that knocked those walls down. And he says, how can I help this pagan king? And the Lord is using that. And he says, send me to rebuild. And this king goes, well, how long are you going to be gone? He's only gone for X amount of time. Now, I want you to remember, he's not going to be gone for two weeks, okay? This is the cupbearer to the king. He's not gone for two weeks, okay? He's not, he's not going out to, um, back to Judah to uh, take bids, okay? He's not going to bid out the job and get some contractors, and then he's going to check in on Fridays via email and see how the jobs are going. Are we on task? Are we on up to date with these deadline with the contractors? Are we good? No, this guy is hand to the plow. This guy's boots on the ground. I'm going to be rebuilding the walls myself. So it's going to be a good minute, king, that I'm going to be gone. And the king, along with his wife, the Bible recounts, says, okay, done. Can you imagine? He didn't think it was going to happen. But God, amen? Second request he makes, he goes, well, Lord, continue to do a work. Continue, Lord. Do something here, Lord. And he says, okay, say this. If it please the king, send me with letters to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, because I'm going to need a lot of wood. For the beams. Otherwise, right, I have to go to furrows. I, I aged myself last service when I said furrows. Because I forget they don't exist anymore. Do they even exist at furrows? Home Depot. Lowe's. Wherever they sell wood. It's furrows. I keep it old school. Furrows. But he said, send me with letters because I'm going to need Timber. From the manager of the forest. Oh, and then while you're at it, king. Man, it's a long road, man. I, I, I need to take a shortcut. So if you can send me with letters to some governors. So I can cross through their fields and through that plain down that way. Because then I'm going to have to go down that way. Mm. So if you can hook me up with some letters, king. Man, it'd be awesome. King goes, done. Now, I want you to note that he's using this king. Now, this isn't Nehemiah, right? This is the Lord doing this work. This is the Lord doing this work. Now, I want you to note that this is not Nehemiah taking advantage of the situation, but this is Nehemiah being used by the Lord because 
the Lord will use anyone to do his work. Can I get an amen, pastor? Amen. You have no idea, church. You have no idea. You have no idea how many times we, and I say we, as in us, Pastor Richard and I, and the leadership of the church, how many times we have been, and I'm trying to be very diplomatic about this, because if you know me well, I usually am not. We have been, we don't have a lot of fans when it comes to this area because New Beginnings partners with anybody who's willing to do the work of the Lord. As long as it's to further the kingdom of God, we're going to partner with you. I don't care if you're on this side of the aisle. I don't care if you're on that side of the aisle. To me, it doesn't matter if if the Lord is going to use you so that I can do His work and reach up to reach out and do His work, I'm going to do it. You and I are going to work together. And there have been other leaders in this city who have not been very happy with us because of that. How can you have this leader up there? Who stands for this and stands for that. And we say, the work of the Lord is being done. That's what matters. Is he saying that? I want to know if those Christian leaders are saying that about Nehemiah. I can't believe you would partner with a pagan king like Axerstes. Yeah. Because the Lord uses the foolish things of the world. He'll use anyone and anything. If he can use a donkey, he can use anything. Stop me when I'm lying. So that's what he asked for. The second thing he asked for is two letters. So he wasn't taking advantage of the king. Rather, he was showing honor to the king and respect by inviting the king to participate in such a worthy act. To redeem himself, to redeem those, to redeem his people of what they had done 150 years ago. And the king said, done, signed off. Here are your letters. And then the best employee ever known to man is now Nehemiah. He gets a bonus that he wasn't expecting. He says, oh, and he sent army officers and horsemen. So Nehemiah, the first thing he does is he requests PTO immediately, gets it. He requests the king's influence. I'm going to use your name. I'm going to use your clout. Gets it just like that. And then he gets the secret service as a bonus to protect him and to help him. From who? A pagan king. Why? Last, last part of verse 8. Because the gracious hand of God 
was on me. The gracious hand of God was on me. Is the gracious hand of God on you? Are you working on his accord? Or are you working on your own accord? You see, that's where you and I fall short, family. We fall short because you and I are notorious for working alone. We work alone. We're constantly working alone. We say, I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I got this under control. Even when we're asked if we need help, we decline. Right? How can I help you? No, I got it. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, it definitely looks like you need help. No, I got it. I'll figure it out. Are you sure? Yeah. Tomas. He's my witness. I am the worst at that. The absolute worst at that. Even if I ask for help, I regret asking for help, and then I'll go on my own, and I'll say, no, never mind, I'll just get it done. And then you see me carry like 12 boxes by myself, and I have like, I'm like this, and, or I have a table, and I'm the, I'm the absolute worst. The absolute worst at that. The absolute worst. We refuse help. But we have to partner with other people. I don't care if it's to rebuild your marriage. I don't care if it's to rebuild a physical wall in your backyard. I don't care if it's to rebuild this wall here. If, it, if you need a therapist. I don't care if that other person is called a therapist or a counselor or a shoulder to cry on. Or somebody just to have a cup of coffee with. But we have to partner with other people. It takes more. It's the power of us. It's the power of us. The power of us. It's what it's about, the power of us. Nehemiah was burdened for in Jerusalem and its vulnerability. And the Lord opens up the floodgates and just makes it happen. The power of us. He had the king. Now, if we were to name this book uh, based on the people that are used in this book, could you imagine the name of this book? I know the name of the book is Nehemiah. And it was the king. And then it was his queen sitting right next to him. His queen is right there. His queen is right next to him. So the king goes, how long are you going to be? And he says, I don't know. It's going to be a very, very long time. We're talking years here, king. And the queen's probably there like, like are you serious? He's talking years. He's sitting on his throne. He's squeezing his hand. Women of God, where you at with husbands? You ever do that when you tell them, are you serious? You're trying to send them the message or it's just my wife? No? Because I got the nail imprints. No? Got to have a chat later, Felipe. She's, he, she signs off on it. So the king signs off. She signs off because he, he's obviously a very wise man. He sends the letter to Asaph. Asaph says, okay, we're good. He could have been on a power trip that day when he showed up at whatever bound, whatever gate he got to. And he could have been like, 
I don't care. You know, I don't care what letter you come with. I'm the manager of the king's forest, of this king or that king or whatever. I'm the one. He could have been, nope, Asaph goes 10-4. All right, here, what do you need? Dale. Shows up to the governors and shows up to these little shortcuts. And he goes, I come with the letter of the king. He said, I can cross through here if you'd be so kind. They could have said no. They said, nope. Go ahead, come on in. Why? The gracious hand of God was on him for one. Amen. The gracious hand of God was on him. Nothing will stop that. But he partnered with, it takes so many people to make these things happen. Your dreams, your aspirations, these goals, it's not just you. It takes a lot more. Amen? I got to move on. Oh, my gosh. I am so short on time. Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going, verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later... I slipped out of the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. He took, we took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. He inspected everything. Nehemiah. Very diligent worker. He likes to plan. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool. But my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley. Instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. Verse 16. The city officials did not know I had been out there or that I, what I was doing. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. There's a saying that I grew up with. Now I'm going to say it in Spanish, and then I'll translate it for y'all. I said that for a reason. En boca cerrada no entran moscas. Uh, open mouth gathers no foot. You keep it quiet. Keep it on the low. You ain't got to say nothing to anybody. Till the Lord gives you the green light. He had not, see, again, he is so in tune. He shows up to the city, doesn't say anything. Now, we're going to take Nehemiah for his word 100%. And he said, I had not said a word to anyone. To anyone. Now, I want you to picture the scenario here. Could you imagine what would happen if they showed up to the city? And there's just about 50,000 people that remember they had just showed up there. There's about 50,000 people. And he goes, check in for the night because they hadn't built the house yet. So they check in the hotel. They go out to the local greasy spoon. Him and the guys. Party is 17. You boys new here in town? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell with the 17 semis full of timber. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're new here. We're, we're here to rebuild the wall. Oh, yeah. You know, they tried that 75 years ago in the book of Ezra, right? Yeah, but we're here to do it for real, for real. Oh, okay. I'm going to go tell the haters so we can continue writing the rest of this book of Nehemiah. Okay. Like, that's, what, that's what's going to happen? This guy keeps it quiet. He doesn't say anything at all. He lies low for three days. Number one, he lies low. He doesn't want to say anything. But let me tell you why it's important to lie low. The repetitive text tells us this, why it's important. Verse 12 says, I had not told anyone. And then he says, the same verse, he says, no pack animals. He said, I don't want to tell anyone. This is how important it is. This is the Lord saying, this is how important it is. The same, just a few, four verses. He mentions it, one, two, three, four, five times in four verses. Verse 13, he says, after dark, nothing. Verse 15, though it was still dark, even though it's still dark, I still want you to go because there's still work to do. I want you to continue to research and look at the walls, look at what we need to do. Keep it low, keep it quiet. Verse 16, for I had not yet told anything to anyone about my plans when he was talking about the city leaders. He said, nothing. Why? Because loose lips Sink ships. Loose lips sink ships. I'm not going to tell anyone until I tell, number one, the people that really matter. I'm not going to tell this guy on the street. Why? Who is he going to tell? I'm going to tell the people that matter. The people that are going to say yes. The people I'm going to tell the decision makers. That's who I'm going to tell, number one. But mostly, more than anything else, not until the Lord gives me the green light. Now, really fast, to put it into perspective, this is 800 miles that he traveled on foot. Okay? 800 miles with his pack of guys from Babylon to Jerusalem. Not a word to anyone. Could you imagine the conversations? So tell me what's up with all this wood, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What do you mean don't worry about it? I'm the one knocking it down. I'm the one that chopped it all down. Yeah? Don't worry about it. Can you imagine that conversation? 800 miles? Now, from here to San Fernando, California, 799 miles. Could you imagine trekking here on foot to San Fernando? Now, that's, now, I did the math for us, okay? So you don't have to. An average of three miles an hour. If we were to travel an average of three miles an hour, that's 267 hours walking Oh, and it wasn't in Nike Airs. Okay? He didn't have shock absorbers. Okay? This was a rough ride, y'all. 800 miles. Average. Three miles an hour. 12 days. 
with a bunch of dudes, didn't say a word because I'm going to obey the Lord. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to say anything to anyone. That's why. Allow God to work. Allow him to work in the background. If you're in tune with the Lord, with your dream and these walls and these things that we need to rebuild in our lives, you need to listen. You can't be talking and be mitoteando with everybody in every single corner and the water cooler every Monday with everybody all the time about what's going on in your life, about this or what's going on here, about what's going on there and how the Lord is on. No, it's me and the Lord and the Lord saying, I'm working. Will you stop and let me work? Because every time you open up your mouth, you're messing it up. I have to go and redo everything every time you say something. Maybe that's just me talking as a parent. But that's how I see it. But we have to understand, we have to know the voice of God. Do you know the voice of God? Because He's not going to move until He says, until I hear from you, Lord, that it's okay to now go to the next step. And in the waiting, he said he took three days to regroup. He landed in Jerusalem. He stayed quiet, didn't do anything. And after those three days, he goes out and he inspects. Because in the waiting, we're able to regroup when we're partnering with others. We're able to regroup. We're able to pray to refill that spiritual gas tank once again. To able to regroup that all over again, to observe, to learn, and to build curiosity and excitement as to what's happening. Something's burning, man. Something's going on. I'll never forget when I got the call to ministry. I'll never forget the spot where I was at, driving to work, and the Lord called me to the ministry. I, I, I don't dare put myself and say I was just like Nehemiah. No, I wasn't, because I wasn't that wise, nor am I now. But I kept quiet because, quite frankly, I was just scared. I'll never forget the call when I, when I got it. I said, I don't know what that was, if that was like last night's pizza or what that was, but it was this feeling that I got in the pit of my stomach, and I go, Lord, I don't know what that was, but I know I heard something. I heard your voice, but there's no way you called me to do that. And I waited for three months, and I didn't say a word to anybody. The next person I told was my wife. After that, her and I, we prayed after she gave me the green light. About another month after that, we didn't say a word to anyone after that. After she said, okay, I'm good with it. Then we talked to pastor. And then here we are now. Learn to hear his voice. Learn to be his voice. Next. Gosh, I am so behind. I'm sorry, church. Nehemiah chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 17 and 18, and we'll close here in a second. Or a few seconds. <laughs> but now, but now I said to them, now he's before the city leaders. The Lord has given him the green light. And he's before the city leaders. And he says, but now I said to them, I know very well what trouble, what's the next word? We, 
are in. He didn't say what trouble you're in. Look what you've done. Look at the place. Look how you have this place. He didn't condemn them. He said, look at what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told him about the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. So they began the good work. You see, church, I, sometimes the Lord, like in verse 2, sometimes he puts, puts it right in front of us, like when he did it with the king, with Nehemiah, and he says, how can I help? He puts, he puts the solution for you right there, right in front of you. And then sometimes he makes you go and get it because he wants to build that in you. He wants to build that character in you. And he wants that for you. And he goes and makes that hard ask. And he goes, man, this is about us, the Jewish people. Look at the disgrace that we are in. Look at how bad of a shape we are in. And when we partner with others in helping us either accomplish our dreams or whatever it may be, it's not about you. It's about us. It's about us. It's about us. And sometimes we have to go and make that hard ask. And it takes boldness. 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 And with that boldness, we have vision. We have to have foresight and vision. Heart and grit comes with wisdom, preparation, planning, prayer, inclusion, all of those things. You have to be ready when we're talking about us. And their immediate response was, yes, let's rebuild. So they began the good work, and then they lived happily ever after. And then that's it. Of course not. I say that because if we continue to read, we're going to continue our study, of course, and I hope you are with us for the remainder of our series of rebuilding, because we're going to continue our study and we'll read about a lot of opposition that they faced, because it wasn't a happily ever after, and it was a hard, hard road. But I, I want to ask you this question, church. I don't know where you're at. But first and foremost, I want to ask you this question. Some of you have walked into this place saying, man, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I've never stepped foot in a church. I don't even know what this is all about. And you're saying rebuilding. What do you mean re? What's this re stuff? What's this again stuff? And but maybe the you're feeling this funky little feeling that I felt when I got called to ministry. 
and you're saying, I don't know, this feeling feels kind of like heartburn and you're going, I don't know. That's the Lord talking to you. And if you've never made a decision for Jesus and you go, well, before I start rebuilding, I need to just build a relationship with him first. And if you've never done that and you want to know more about the Lord, you want to do that, I want to invite you to do that. Anyone that has not done that and would like to do that today, I want to ask you to stand in this place today. If the Lord has touched you with today's count. Amen. And if not, then we're all brothers and sisters. Then praise the Lord. I'm happy because then I have a challenge for everyone in this house. Since you're already built in the house, then I'm going to ask you to help and rebuild. Number one, I'm going to challenge you to rebuild this. I've already been challenging you to rebuild that since the beginning of the sermon, at the beginning of the sermon. I, want, I hope that what you took from this today is those areas in your life that maybe need rebuilding, you know what it might be, whether it's marriage or your finances or whatever relationship, maybe your work, maybe it's your walk with the Lord. That's important to rebuild that. And you're saying, I really, really need to get back to walking with the Lord once again. And if that's the case, then praise the Lord. But I want you to do this. I'm going to challenge every single one of us to rebuild. I started the sermon talking about the Q4 meeting that we had last year in 2024, 2022. But how we want to rebuild our ministry and how we're already beginning that process with all the new family that we have. But man, church, we have a city that needs rebuilding. And all, all of us are Nehemiahs in here. And I hope you're burdened for your city. And I'm going to ask you to partner with us to rebuild. How are you going to do that, Micah? How are you going to add that? What does that mean to me? We need your help. We need you to get involved. We want you to be involved in this church. Now, I understand that your obedience to the tithe is something different. That's between you and your father. That's your 10% to his kingdom. Understand that. That's, that's the kingdom work. It has no bearing. And that's a lot of work that we do in the community. I wish I could tell you the life change, every single life-changing story that comes out of your tithe. I wish I could. But man, the boots on the ground are needed, church. The boots on the ground are needed in every area. And when I say every area, I'm talking every area. Will you help us rebuild? Now, we're talking now. Look, I spoke about the streaming, about people just staying home. Look, even the people that are at home, will you help us rebuild? Maybe you got too comfortable watching at home. I get it. I get it. It's comfortable. It's easy. I get it. How about once or twice a month, make your way to the house with the family and spend time with the family? How about just start there and help us rebuild that way? And help us, help us in that way. Will you do that? That's the, that's the charge. And I say, will you partner with us in rebuilding? 
Will you do that? Why don't we stand as we close in prayer? There's a lot to consider here. I hope the Lord has touched your hearts this morning through his word. You all know the areas in your life that need rebuilding. And before we start walking out, I want you to bow your heads with me so we can close in prayer. Because there's a lot of areas in our lives that need rebuilding. You know those areas. You know those very areas in your life that need rebuilding. I've expressed that about the church, and that's, that's okay. You'll help, and we'll, we'll just make it fine. But I want you to rebuild your temple. I want you to rebuild that, those walls and that temple. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Every time, Lord, we read it, we say thank you for your word. When we dig in, Lord, thank you for the sustenance that we get from it. Thank you for the life that it breathes into us. Thank you, Lord, that it gives us the power, Lord, to take one more step forward. Lord, when we lose hope, the gracious hand of God is upon us, Lord, and we can get that next step. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word spoken today. Thank you, Lord, for using me as a vessel. Lord, I pray that your word given today, Lord, would um, penetrate the deepest parts of our hearts, Lord, that we would take it today, Lord, and that we would ponder and truly think, Lord, what are the walls in my life, Lord? Is, that a, is, it, is it my marriage? Is it a dream that I need to rebuild Is it a goal in my life that I need to rebuild? Is it a relationship in my life that I need to rebuild? What is it that I need to rebuild? Let us be in constant prayer with you, Lord, and know the sound of your voice. Lord, because your word, my sheep know my voice. Lord, let us be so in tune with you, Lord, that we know when you say go and when you say stop. Thank you for this time together, Heavenly Father. Now I pray that as we leave this place, that you would keep us safe, Lord, and get us to our destination safe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate what the Lord has done? Church, don't forget, there is an open house for the young people. I love you, church, and I hope to see you Wednesday.